Is your Shopify store ready for the biggest selling season of the year? Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to use during the holiday season to increase the size of almost all your orders. Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks. No coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You can count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, and Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrade cross-sales or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you can boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you can do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. The best part is it's geolocated so it only shows offers in relevant countries. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion and average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this holiday season. To get this special offer as an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com slash unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Today on the Unofficial Shopify Podcast, we are going to discuss sending boxes from one place to another place. Yes, we're talking about fulfillment, because in e-commerce, there are no gods but shipping. So I say blasphemously to the sky. And in this episode, we are going to discuss uh, what's going on with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, shipping volumes. We have a gentleman here who knows these things well, and then we'll get into a discussion about uh, 3PL's fulfillment in general and when you should consider those and what uh, some of the advantages and perhaps disadvantages are there. Joining me to discuss it is Casey Armstrong from ShipBob. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Tech nasty. And Casey, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I need that kind of energy to start every day, Kurt, so I'm glad to be here. I Well, you know, on Monday really is when I'm like really riled up for the week. And I can't bring that level of energy every time, but I suppose we both got lucky today. There we um, go. All future pods we'll do on Mondays then. <laughs> Mondays, the, yeah, people don't realize that. Mondays, like, I'm shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, tell me, what the heck is a ShipBob? Uh, ShipBob, we're a global fulfillment platform. 
We have now over 30 fulfillment centers around the world, um, all across the U.S. We've got Canada, we have the U.K., Australia, and mainland Europe. And how many Black Fridays do you have under your belt at this point? With ShipBob, this is my fourth. Uh, And with this most recent Black Friday, since you've got four in memory to think about, I want to ask you a few questions about Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And I'm going to give the date we're recording this so that we don't date ourselves weirdly. Monday, December 6th. So this is fresh and recent memory. One of the interesting things about Black Friday this year in 2021 was everyone, it seemed like a lot of them happened in early November. We even had people saying, it's the death of Black Friday because it was happening early. Tell me, what did did you see this? Did you see a more volume in the first half of November as compared to years prior? We did. So we've, we've actually historically seen Halloween, around Halloween, do pretty well. But the week of Halloween, so... It was, I know that's on the 31st, but the week of October 30th is when we saw volume really start to pick up noticeably week over week. And just for reference, you know, I mentioned our, our fulfillment center account. We, we work with over 7,000 brands. So we're seeing this at a, at a pretty strong scale. And so that's when we started to see things pick up. And that was, that was baked into our forecast from both a hiring, like a revenue forecast perspective. Um, but, you know, you never know until things really play out. And so we were curious to see how Black Friday, Cyber Monday would work. Like you mentioned, people were saying the death of Black Friday and it just continues to start earlier in the year and get more spread out. But that's not what we saw with Black Friday. Like it went bonkers. So our week over week volume from the Friday prior um, to Black Friday was 3x week over week. Meaning Whoa. Black Friday had three times as many orders coming in than the Friday prior. And again, that's across 7,000 merchants. So this is not a small sample size. So the the death of Black Friday has been wildly exaggerated, is what I'm hearing. I, I, love, the, I, I love the death of insert something right. stories because that's never the case. It's like, you know, I have a, you know a lot of marketing background people would always be like the death of seo i love those posts because (laughs) if it takes my competitors or anybody else's eye off the ball like that's just more benefit for me the death of email how many i was gonna say the death of email marketing is the one i think of yeah that's that one's amazing it's like yes email is i love promoting those email is dead so let me continue to work email strong yeah just like with black friday uh you know these these holidays are here and people they and, you know, a majority of our volume, it's it's supporting direct-to-consumer. We also do a lot of B2B, but these are my direct-to-consumer numbers, and they were through the roof. So tell me about uh, individual days. Like, I would imagine Black Friday is the big one, but of course, you know, people start earlier. There's, there's uh, Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then the following day, I believe, is Giving Tuesday. Yeah. We're so just making stuff up at this point. Th- th- they do. Um so historically, we've always seen it kind of flip-flop back and forth between Black Friday and Cyber Monday. They're always very close. Um, and then obviously last year with COVID, we had no clue what to expect from between Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but they were by far the two biggest days. Um, I don't recall which one was bigger. I think it was Black Friday you know, by hair. This year, for the first time ever, we actually saw Tuesday, so Giving Tuesday, the day after Cyber Monday, beat out Cyber Monday, which was very unexpected. Um, and so that was, that was huge. And so, um, I'm not sure if that was more with like cyber Monday waning a little bit 
and everybody's spending heavily on Black Friday, or if that's with, you know, I'd say the, the zeitgeist towards giving and being more conscious socially has influenced Giving Tuesday a bit more. But yes, we saw, we saw uh, Giving Tuesday for the first time ever beat out Cyber Monday. Interesting. Okay. And so if people, I, I think people love novelty. I think it's human nature. Maybe it's we gave up, we got so used to Cyber Monday that like Giving Tuesday is the new thing. Or maybe we just don't pay attention to screens on that Monday following Thanksgiving and Black Friday. We're just in a turkey coma. And then I'd Tuesday is the new Monday. I don't know. I'm throwing ideas out here. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case. So another thing that I found interesting is, or I always find interesting, so that I have seen at ShipBob and then at Big Commerce, where I was um, prior to ShipBob, is Monday is always um, is always the largest um, buying day throughout the year, and I think that's people's maybe uh, therapy for starting the work week again. <laughs> but isn't that true? Is, does it aren't most e-commerce dollars spent at work? They they definitely are. So again, historically, Saturdays and Sundays are always um, when the least money is spent through our systems, um, and the most it's it's on average it's always on Monday. And so again, that's another reason why I was pretty surprised to see the Monday numbers drop um, compared to uh, Tuesday. They were actually still ahead of our projections, which which we like to see, but Tuesday just went through the roof. All right, so. I wasn't planning on, on asking more questions about this, but you are such a wealth of data here. I can't resist. So what typically, what other holidays or what other days in December do you see as big shipping days or big volume days for e-commerce? Like obviously Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, are there others? Um, I'll try to pull up some while while we talk. There's there are none that really stand out. It's okay. it's pretty consistent leading up to honestly even Christmas Eve. Um, we push out um, and, and I'll I'll pull up these dates. We push out our uh, the last pretty much like the last call dates for us to get um, per per carrier for us to get um, products to your customers um, in time for Christmas. Um, but you know, it's really a couple days and maybe even up to Christmas Eve, people are still spending pretty strong. Okay. So it goes, December stays strong and consistent. Um, you mentioned the, the shipping cutoff dates. Are those different this year than last year? I mean, like last year was, was shipping in. What are our, our shipping cutoff dates look like this year? Yeah. So it depends on the carrier and obviously the method of shipment. And so with UPS, SurePost, and FedEx Smart Post, you know, we've got a, a pretty early cutoff date of like December 9th. Um, whereas on the other end for USPS, Party Mail, and First Class, we push it all the way out to December 17th. Okay. Cutting it a little tight. And I just wonder, like, if you if someone were to send out like a shipping cutoff date email, do you think that creates any urgency, any spike? Or is it, you know, by that point, you're either going to buy or not, and it doesn't really matter what any of us do? I think it, it provides multiple benefits. So one is, yes, it, it can, I always like to find ways to drive a ses- sense of urgency when there's like this, you know, backstop or like third party that's enforcing it. So it's not like buy my products because Kurt says so, or because Casey says so it's, these are the carrier cutoff dates, you know, imposed by, you know, let's say the carriers for you to get it there in time. Um, also, 
I think it's rather beneficial for, for your customer base because then they actually know. Because a lot of people have no idea and they just assume, they just think in like Amazon's world, which, you know, Amazon won't even hit like, oh, I can buy on the 23rd and it will be here in time. Or I can buy on the 22nd and it will be here on time when that's not the case. And then honestly, it's kind of CYA because you told them. Right. That's true. And I would like, no one wants to ruin someone's Christmas gift. So I'd like the CYA aspect of it. Um, tell me about the carriers. Which one's your favorite? <laughs> they're all my favorite, Kurt. Of course, they're um, all your favorite child. But it's, they've actually, again, I've been very impressed with how the carriers have run this year. So we work with all the major carriers. Uh, I'll speak primarily around the U.S. Um, we, of course, ship globally as well. But we work with all the major carriers, um, but an area that we started investing in heavily last year was a lot of, were a lot of the regional carriers. And that was for a handful of reasons. One was uh, just the volume that the major carriers could take um, throughout the entire year. But then as I'm sure many of us remember uh, through Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the holidays last year, a lot of the major carriers were setting limits. Um, and we heard some pretty bad horror stories where customers were trying to switch to us, you know, in the middle of December, which is fine, we take customers throughout the entire year, where they were shipping out, you know, a thousand plus orders a day. And, you know, some of the major carriers would tell them, well, we can pick up a hundred a day. Yeah. Like, well, that doesn't work. That's, that's 10% of my business. And they're like, well, it is what it is. And so that's where that, you know, it's one of the many reasons why, well, while, why we are so long on distributed inventory and, you know, working a company like ShipBob is because we can route orders around the country to get around this um, and also work with a lot of different regional carriers. So I'll talk about some in a second. So FedEx Ground, we saw, at least from a performance perspective, jumped quite a bit um, throughout uh, throughout November. But the other stayed pretty flat. Um, so UPS, we've seen pretty strong um, pretty uh, strong uh, shipping speeds, and it's been pretty flat, honestly, since like July. We've not seen huge jumps, and again, this is barring that they're also scanning everything, which is another story. Um, <laughs> DHL is still above what we call like the pre-COVID um, shipping speeds, but we've seen it be pretty consistent um, since the summer months. We haven't seen it uh, really speak uh, spike like we saw it with FedEx. Um, and same thing with, with USPS. Honestly, it's been, it's been pretty flat since around May. It's slightly above the pre-COVID levels, but not too far above. And again, it's, it stayed pretty flat, which is good to see. Because at least then you, you're in this kind of new norm and you have this consistency. Um, and then lastly, I'll call out OSM, who we've been working with a lot. And we actually saw some... Uh, some slight improvements over the last couple of weeks with them as well. So, uh, OSM, what's that? OSM. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Okay, Ch- check them out. OSM Worldwide. So we. So work it's just with it's them. a new shipping carrier. Yeah, and the, and they work with a lot of the other different carriers. So yeah, they're they're a certified USPS shipping partner, and okay. Um, so yes, I would, and and we work with uh, a lot of the others throughout all the different regions within the U.S., um, like on track and others. You had mentioned, you said, well, you know, to, if this all assumes that they scan the package in properly. And I have seen other people post about this on social media saying, oh, we, you know, we're seeing these issues where stuff is, is scanned as delivered, but it really wasn't, or it never scans in and then shows up. What, uh, what are you seeing there? Um, 
we see so we hear that to some extent um but i don't i don't have a, a lot of good data there and i think that's something that really the merchants start bringing up to us a little bit throughout december but really come january because it's it's really i think a full on sprint throughout you know really kicking off on on black friday and then through all of december it's heads down on you know getting orders out the door makes sense uh any other thoughts on on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, it sounds like we're not going to see the the Shipageddon nightmare that we had last year. It seems like uh, things are everyone learned from last year. Things aren't going as badly, and I think it, you know it helps to have spread things out in November. Yeah, I don't know if everybody learned, um, but yeah, so far it's gone smoothly for us. Okay, good. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? This is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Don't worry, Tom Cruise. This mission isn't impossible. Just use Zipify one-click upsell. Got mobile optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions, plus built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Kurt, K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. If I'm... Ship, I've got an e-commerce brand. I am doing my own fulfillment, but this stuff's taking over my house. This is often the story we hear is like, these boxes have just moved into all of our house. It looks like a warehouse in here. I think that's when you know for sure, oh, maybe we should outsource this. And so tell me, before, well, what's the time where people know like, all right, we got to get this out of here. We need to outsource it and, and move to a, a 3PL, third-party logistics, like like yourself. I think it's earlier than people expect. Um, if unless operations and logistics and fulfillment is your specialty as a founder, that's that's your differentiator, that's your superpower. I would look into it sooner than not, because as as you know, Kurt, um, as you grow your business, and, and we hear this all the time, um, you're not going to be shipping out fewer products today than you did yesterday or the day before that, you want to continue to grow your sales volume, let's just say every day, every week, every month, every year. And so every day you wake up with more orders than you had before. Um, and it builds up pretty quickly. And what I've heard from from a lot of customers of ours is it almost seeps in. There's like this subconscious um, element that is having them inhibit their growth because they don't want to pick, pack and ship that many orders the next day. And so I would look into it sooner than not. Um, I think there is benefit in doing it a little bit yourself because you can understand some of the processes and what it takes. And also, I think it helps you understand why it's important to to ship products to your fulfillment partner in a way that is uh, clean and easy for them to receive. It helps you understand the importance of um, using certain types of packaging or poly mailers and not making things too complex as soon as you're really as soon as you're thinking about it the chances are you're going to be shipping more the next day than today like it's not a thing that slows down it just gets it gets worse and harder 
Exactly. There are options out there that can allow you to complete, more or less completely forget about it uh, and really start in getting those, those Amazon level you know, shipping experience for your end consumer. It's not like, it's also end consumer demands um, aren't going to wane. They just want their packages faster and faster. And I think what surprises a lot of people is, you know, with a, with a solution like ShipBob, of course I'm biased, but with a solution like ShipBob, you actually have more visibility into what's happening in your in your supply chain and your fulfillment experience than you do by yourself. You can see the volume coming in and out every day. Um, the... The, the average zones that you're shipping, the average costs, how can you start uh, uh, splitting your inventory to multiple fulfillment centers to improve both cost and speed? And so there are, there are a lot of benefits to outsourcing it as well. Now, I heard the magic word there, cost. My guess is that's people's resistance to outsourcing fulfillment largely is, hey, you know, I can fulfill this stuff myself and it's going to eat up my time. And plus, I got to store like there's a lot I have to deal with or I can have someone else to do it or I can pay someone else to do it. Ah, keyword pay. What what is the cost there? You know, where and is it a cost savings and I'm just being myopic? Uh, there can be a cost savings. And I think if people properly value their time, there's always a cost savings. Um, and so the way we charge, it's on receiving, it's on storage, and it's on what we call the total fulfillment cost. And so very often, based off of our rates. We see customers come pretty close to break even what they were doing before, but again, they're getting a much better experience than they're not doing it themselves. When and I think the the other thing with with outsourcing fulfillment, um, what limitations exist? I think everyone thinks like, well, my packages and products are very special, and they cannot be handled in normal ways by mere human hands. Like what? What are some of the, the, the limitations that people get into with, with outsourcing? Maybe it's, uh, it's like pack-ins or I've got, you know, I need some special box. That's where before you even start doing the research, I think you should write down what are the must-haves and what are the nice-to-haves in your business. Um, because that is true. For some, for some products, you know what? Only, you know, like you said, what, mere, mere mortals cannot handle my packaging. <laughs> Uh, maybe only you can do it yourself because you need a certain amount of glitter sprinkled on top and these tissues folded in this way and you're using custom packaging tape and you're writing, you're custom writing a handwritten note every single time. Maybe that's the case with your business. But then you also have to think through what are the costs of all of those and the time. Uh, something that we focus on heavily is one of the core pillars of our business is really the customization layer. And so that could be custom rules that you have built in that dictate um, how and when and, and where we ship and, and you know that could be having Shopify or some of your other solutions talking to us um, the, and the customization could also be on the package that's getting shipped out and so it could be custom marketing inserts it could be a custom box it could be a custom poly mailer it could be gift notes which we um, uh, which we allow you to use and so again it's understanding what are your must-haves and what are the nice-to-haves and so then that way when you're when you're talking to some different um, fulfillment partner options you can see if they have those capabilities okay that makes sense uh and i think you know in many cases like there's when you're small and doing it yourself there's a lot of like little extras you could do that feel nice but aren't necessarily worth your time and it, Having a, a hard and honest conversation with yourself about it um, is probably required. But it, to your point, really, it's 
I often think to myself, money is a tool to buy back your time. And I have never regretted a situation in which I bought back my time. And fulfillment, I think, is, is one of the biggest opportunities in an e-commerce business to get your time back. And so that's my attraction to outsourcing fulfillment. Um, with what, what do you think some of the misconceptions are about outsourcing fulfillment? Well, I think you nailed one of them, which is they can't, they can't live up to my level of customization. And that's not true. And, and maybe that's because of some of the people that they'd used in the past or some of their friends' experiences. And so um, I'd ask around. Another is that we kind of touched on as well. It, like I remember when I started my career <clears throat> in the technology space, that's when like cloud computing was not as widespread as it was. Like I don't even talk, hear people talk really about cloud computing anymore, but people were were pretty wary about moving their entire business online. It'd be moving things from their computer um, or localized within their office into the internet because they were quote unquote like whatever giving away their baby. Well, with um, in e-commerce. A lot of times there's actually this this tangible thing that you can hold and feel. It's your product and it's your, again, your quote unquote baby. And they don't want to hand that off to a third party because they, they think that they're going to lose visibility and there won't be that level of trust. But again, because uh, depending on the partner you choose, you'll probably have more visibility and become smarter about your own operations and logistics than you were prior because everything is probably just... Um, thrown into the your your garage or your your spare your spare room or maybe your living room which we often see uh, i always get a smile when i when i talk to prospects and i can see just a bunch of packages in the background in their in their, uh, in their <laughs> yeah, dining you know, that room must be when you get on a zoom call and you can see they're just surrounded by boxes and you're like oh gold yes uh and it's yeah not uncommon and so but, but again you can have more visibility there um into your business and then it just helps you start, you know, get, getting smarter and, and connecting with other solutions to help you run a better business. And not just your e-commerce platform, but are you connecting in with the right uh, inventory forecasting tools? Um, we've been pushing hard in creating a, a much more streamlined experience with getting freight over from overseas, um, connecting with companies like Gorgeous on your customer su um, support side of the business and so that they're talking in real time. And so there are so many other elements that, or so much other software or things you need to run your business and how can you make them all talk to each other so that you're running you know, just a much more well-oiled machine and you don't need to be a $1 million, $10 million, $100 million business. You can do that really early on. So it sounds like I, I'm ad adopting your economies of scale by outsourcing. Like the, exactly. there's just a lot that you could do that I can't, but I can essentially timeshare a small bit of that and really reap the benefits of it. Exactly. It's just like with Shopify. Um, nobody, you know, none of your listeners could go build a solution that is as strong as Shopify that can keep you a hundred percent uptime and have all the different payment options and integrations. But it's the same thing. The economy is the scale. Now you're paying whatever X dollars per month and you get to take advantage of all of that on day one. Yes. No, absolutely. Um, okay. What else am I missing here? You know, I want to uh, close with the, the future of fulfillment. And I think we see like news stories about drones and stuff like that. But uh, what else am I missing? Should I ask before then? So I guess before like even drones, like when you talk about the future is where you know, where are merchants heading um, 
and and why and so i think fulfillment <clears throat> is kind of lagging the the for, for for some very valid reasons but it's kind of lagging like the payments space by a few years um, because payments is more of a a, a software issue to solve and so what, what was stripe doing you know over the last over the last few years and they were really allowing people to um, sell internationally they were allow and allowing people to sell through different channels and that's really a huge focus area for us and if you read you know toby over at shopify um, when they do their quarterly earnings report when you listen to brent Bellum over at big commerce and he does his quarterly earnings report what are they really calling out? And it's things such as international. And so that's a huge thing. This world's getting smaller. And while people do that with, uh, you know, with payments or with bits, allowing their, you know, their store to render all over the world, we want to do that with fulfillment. And so how can you allow people around the world to buy your product as easy as it is selling within, you know, the city where you live? I'd say after that, it's, it's omni-channel. Um, and so, which I know is a very buzzy word we hear all the time, but there's a reason why Google and Facebook and others continue to invest heavily there and partner with some of the biggest players in the space, like a Shopify and a big commerce and a ship Bob. Um, and then the third I'll call up is, is B2B. That's uh, an area that I'm very excited about that we've really opened up a lot at, at ship Bob, where it's not just supporting your direct to consumer sales, but it's all of your B2B sales. And so that could be selling through, let's say, uh, an actual, you know, the in-person store experience and shipping out B2B to all the different targets, or I'll say the target distribution centers so that they can um, send it everywhere or through target.com. Or maybe you want to sell through Neiman Marcus or NeimanMarcus.com. And so there's the B2B um, wholesale and then there's B2B drop shipping. I think B2B drop shipping is going to be huge. And Target is one of the companies leading the way. And a lot of these other uh, companies are seeing how well Target is doing here. And so it's fun. Uh, but, but, Really, nobody other than Target and Walmart and Amazon have the logistics capabilities that Target has. Um, and so they're going to need to find the right partners to allow you to sell through the dot coms. And so I think that's another huge area that, that brands need to focus on today. Um, I know Chewy is, a, is a, a huge area of opportunity for that some of our customers are taking advantage of. And there, I don't know, there was a pretty funny Twitter thread I saw going on yesterday where it was a very smart operator in the space is asking about Chewy and then it was really crickets and it just shows the opportunity with some of these dot coms that people have um, to take advantage of these huge targeted audiences um, versus, you know, solely going to Amazon uh, or Walmart, which are great options as well. But that's also where everybody is currently hunting today. So we have, you know, there's, there's DTC, DTC where I'm going to fulfill it myself on my own website you know, in, I run my own store on Shopify, and then I could plug in marketplaces, which now it's it's Amazon, Walmart, uh, Etsy, eBay to a lesser extent, and then on top of it, I'm also going. I could drop ship uh, with Target, Chewy, other these really large online um, or stores with large online presence who are now saying, "Hey, we can add more to our catalog." Um, but it's done in a, a more curated fashion. Am I getting that right? Yes. And, okay. And, and you're seeing and you're seeing people put their money where their mouth is with the retailer. So I don't think it's gone through, but like Macy's and a handful of others looking to split their businesses from you know their from their actual stores and 
in, in real estate footprint through their .com. And they're turning them into multiple different businesses and they're completely separate. That is allowing these .coms to invest more into their e-commerce experience and can you continue to open up you know what what I guess they would call their future marketplace. But I, I see that being a huge trend for next year. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. Yeah, we're the 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 online and the the physical version of these these larger stores with a lot of retail space has bifurcated, especially if it's like a traditional department store like Macy's. Yeah, they're bifurcating hmm. and they're bifurcating publicly and they're doing it as publicly traded companies and they're having success of bifurcating and then the the dot com is actually becoming more valuable, uh, you know, in a publicly traded manner, which again, people putting their money where their mouth is, uh, and then the entire business was prior, and they still have the entire offline business as well. So, mm-hmm. anyways, they'll continue to invest more in there, and th- and they need to partner with a lot of the up and coming brands. Again, Target, just walk around the Target and think about what Target was like a decade ago. They've done such a great job of that, and. Um, a lot of these other companies are taking notice. No, absolutely. Uh, man, exciting time to be in e-commerce, certainly. And if I have a living room full of packages I want to put into your living room, how do I go about doing that? Yeah, uh, shipbob.com. You can email me, Armstrong at shipbob.com. I actually, I probably should have led with this story. I had a partner hit me up um, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And uh, he told me that he had a, a customer of his that had product on a plane and they needed to find a home for it. And uh, he went through uh, our implementation on Black Friday and they're, you know, they'll be shipping. They started shipping with us, you know, a few days after that. And so we can get people started pretty quickly once it hits our docks three days and max and, and we're running. So, uh, yeah, if you're onboarding so on Black Friday, that's. It's hard not to be impressed by that. Yeah, they were they were happy. I'll say that. Casey Armstrong, ShipBob, this has been tremendous. Say hi to Bob for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Kurt. If you have an e-commerce business and a creative mindset, or you just like fiddling with your settings like me, then you need the Flex theme by Out of the Sandbox. There's never been a better time to upgrade. Flex has just been updated to Online Store 2.0, which means you get the latest and greatest, like faceted collection filtering, app block support, and more sections than ever for your product, page, and collection templates. That's why when it comes to creative freedom, there's no better theme than Flex. If you want to try it out, Out of the Sandbox even offers a 14-day money-back guarantee. Head over to outofthesandbox.com unofficial, and don't forget to use the promo code KURT20 for 20% off your theme. That's K-U-R-T-2-0 to try Flex today. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. So please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.